Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This is Richard Deitch, the host of the Sports Media Podcast with Richard Deitch. Multiple times a week, our podcast will get you interviews with the most notable names in sports media, from broadcasters to dealmakers to people doing great work behind the scenes. Here's Hubie Brown. Anytime that you win an award, it's not just because of the announcer and the analyst. It's always because of the production team. That's the Sports Media Podcast with Richard Deitch. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Can't get enough of Boomer and Carton in the morning. Al Dukes and Jerry Recco are here with some sports news and updates they didn't have time to cover. Here we go! It's the Boomer and Carton Postgame Show with Al and Jerry. All right, we're going to Monday. What's up? What's up? What's up? You're wearing that stone pony shirt. Look at you. That's right, Jerry. I told you in the uh, warm-up show, which uh, on the podcast we do in backwards order. So right, that the warm-up up next. show comes up next. But I told you that uh, I was in Asbury Park this weekend. And I um, got to touch Bruce Springsteen as he walked past me at a uh, concert. Yes. But uh, earlier in that day, I want to know what you think of this question, Jerry. I went to see Max Weinberg, who's the drummer for Bruce Springsteen. He was doing a talk. Would have never known that. All right. Fair enough. Um, And it got to a part where you could do Q&A with the audience. So, of course, I leapt. I leapt up with my heart a-beating, Jerry. Really? Very Your nervous. heart was beating? I was very nervous. You're a radio star. I am aware. I'm, I was very nervous, though. And I had always had this question for musicians, and I wanted to ask it of a legitimate musician, of which I believe Max Weinberg is. And my question, Jerry, was, uh, a guy like, like Bruce Springsteen, he does not play the drums. Bruce Springsteen does not play the saxophone. So when I hear these Bruce Springsteen songs with drums by Max Weinberg and saxophone by Clarence Clemens, why do those guys not get a writing credit on the song? Sure. Like Bruce can come to you and say, uh, hey, Max Weinberg, I want sort of a up-tempo rock beat for this. And they may work a couple things out, but maybe Max Weinberg or Clarence Clemens the thing they come up with for the song, maybe that's what resonates with people on a particular song. Right. So I said, uh, do you regret that you guys don't get writing credits for that? First, Jerry, he said, good question. So you were good. You were, <laughs> that was it. You were, you were happy. I was very excited. But he said, no, that we are hired. That's what a drummer is hired for, is to work with the person in the studio to help come up with these things. That that is not writing that is working as a drummer. Hmm. So really, he said, good question, but after he gave you the answer, he made you feel like it was a pretty dumb question. No, not really, because um, 
And luckily, uh, Jerry, this entire thing was taped, so um, I was able to post it. Uh, he you did... are pathetic. <laughs> you are pathetic. He did mention, he goes, and I have had this conversation with many musicians. Many musicians. Which means Good they question. all talk about why are we not getting paid for this. Now, where was this? How many people were there? Uh, this was a small, very small venue, House of Independence in Asbury Park. It was tiny. How many people? hundred? I would say maybe a hundred, maybe, okay. maybe less. Did any like when you stood up and you're like, "Oh, hi, Al Dukes from the Boomer and Carton Show. How are you, sir?" I did not, not identify. Didn't do that. I did not. So when your familiar face and voice started talking and people saw you, did they turn their attention to you and away from Weinberg? Well, the way it was set up, Jerry, is um, the microphone was set at the front of the stage, but you walked up to it and looked at the uh, Max Weinberg. I was not this facing is your the audience. Answer of no. Yeah, I was not facing the audience, unfortunately. You didn't turn around and say, look at me, bitches. I didn't. I was... No. I am telling you, when I'm telling you, my heart almost beat out of my really? chest. That's how nervous I was. No kidding. Yeah. Just to get the question out? I guess so. Or is the fact that there were so many people in front of you? No, it had nothing to do with the people. It had to do with, hey, I get to... This question I've had for so long, I'm getting an actual answer from from a legitimate musician. Was there a big line to ask questions? After me, there was a line So you were the first question? I was. Really? Yes. Look at you jumping up. I'll go first. Well, Gina nudged me. Nice. Get up there. You had that because I said to her, I said, do you think I'll get to ask a question? So let me just get this straight. So Friday night you went to the wonderful event, which was great. Mikey Strong. Yep. Mm-hmm. So Saturday was Saturday. the touching of Bruce Springsteen, which Correct. meant you were at a show Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Sunday after, Saturday afternoon you were at this little conversation. Talk with Max Weinberg. Talk with Max Weinberg. What did you do yesterday? Lay around, get some sun. What did you do? Yesterday? Yeah, I'm just curious. Yesterday we went beach. also went to Asbury Park for a little bit. Um then I don't recall what else we did, but we yeah, we wandered around Had Asbury some Park. I did not have drinks. No drinks, no. 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 no no little umbrella in your glass. No, no, no. So you basically on a weekend have just nothing but free time. Well What is it like to be Al Dukes? When you say free time, I see that as a time to really challenge a guy like a Max Weinberg with this sort of question? Were you required to be there? I was not. No. You chose to be there? I did, yes. Okay, so you free time. Free time. And that's how you spend it. That's a, you get up. What would you do? You get up, kick around, make some breakfast. Uh, yeah, or do you go out some, to breakfast, too, because I know you go out for lunch and dinner. Made some coffee. Made, made some, some coffee. coffee. Check in Twitter out. A little yes, Facebook definitely. action. Yep, mm-hmm. Maybe a nice walk by the ocean because yes, it was a very nice that. Sunday morning. Yep. Mm-hmm. What's that like? What is that like to well, be Well, we all here? choose uh, our things in life. Well, I mean, in fairness, you did get engaged six times. I was engaged So you were trying. Once. One, I thought it was, I actually thought it was twice. Is it really once? Well, I asked the same girl twice. Well, then, <laughs> and then it's twice. She only officially said yes once. Oh, is that true? The other time she said, we're not even dating. So it was a great point. Oh, hi there, Al Dukes. Would you like to get married? <laughs> How Fair are you? Enough. Yes. <laughs> So, yes, uh, that's what I did, Jerry. That sounds like a great weekend, man. It was a terrific weekend. And then my other thing I had for you was um, very rare that we spend the weekend up by me. Mm-hmm. But Friday night, because Mikey Strong was more sure. near my house, Saturday morning we were at in Basking Ridge. Right. And my girlfriend has this ability, which I do not have, and I wish I did, this concentration ability where... Like, for example, I could not read a book if there was 
things going on around me because I couldn't concentrate. Okay. Like, I, I can't, I have no ability to block things out. Okay. She does. She earned a PhD, and she claims this is how she did it, by blocking out uh, people in her home. That's how she was able to read and study and write. And if I know you, you tried to do naked jumping jacks in front of her to sway her attention. Not exactly. <laughs> so she fires up my toaster oven. Okay. And I know she was going to make br- the thin breads, the breakfast, those um, like sandwich thins. Okay. She says, oh, may I make some sandwich thins? Yes. Because that was all you had in the pantry other than the almonds. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so she's in the kitchen now. By the way, my condo is such that there are no walls. It's just like I can see in the kitchen from the living room, from the dining room. Right. We call that open concept. On open H- concept. H- oh, yeah. You're an HGTV guy. So I realize the, the, the thing is not dinged for her toast. Now, she was editing a Mikey Strong video, which she did a great job on, but she was concentrating on that. I looked in the kitchen, of which she was in there editing on her phone. She was covered in smoke. The sandwich (laughs) thins caught fire. Oh, jeez. And she did not realize it. (laughs) She was locked in. Now, she would have had to have cleared the smoke out of her way to see the screen. (laughs) Oh, yeah. How'd that go? Not well, Jerry. <laughs> you know how I am. <laughs> yes, I do. And so does she at this Did point. Did not go well. Of course. But what are you of, looking? You didn't see it? How do you not smell it? How do you not it? see that? <laughs> You've got to know what what darkness did you put the sandwich thins on? Wow. So she just completely forgot she even did it probably. Yes. She was locked in. But like I said, I wish I had that ability. Yeah, I don't have the... Right? Uh, I don't... I mean, I can read with stuff going on, but not when... I don't know. There's a fire. Right. I mean that'll pretty much or or the smoke or something. But like if you're if you're studying your Dallas Cowboy offensive lines and the opponents and things, and your kids are running around screaming in the background, can you lock in and oh, it's concentrate? A, that's a weekly occurrence. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's fine. You can, right? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, I get my work done. Yes. I don't know if I can read a novel, but I mean, I can get my work done. Sure. Do you ever yell, me. "Keep it down, Daddy's working"? Matter of fact, no. Matter of fact, for the longest time. I used to do the updates uh, on fan after 10 o'clock without headsets on because I find I concentrate more because Joe and Evan are constantly talking in the studio. And I would find that because I know something's going on, I'm more locked in. It's kind of like I do the people don't know this. The updates for 10, 10 wins from 10 to 12 are done right in the newsroom at your They're, desk. Right. And you see what goes on out there. Chaos. I mean, I got stuff going on all over the place. I don't know. It doesn't really phase me all that much. That's some ability. Well, it's something, I guess. I don't have it. Let me ask you this, Jerry. There's a bowler who used 10 lanes, took over a bowling alley. Okay. 10 lanes across to bowl a perfect game in under 90 seconds. So he bowled all of his frames, 12 consecutive, 12 consecutive strikes, which makes me think, is bowling hard? No. Bowling is actually very difficult. But bowling is one of those sports where if you're a professional, I would think you would bowl a strike on every roll. Not that easy. It's just not. But they you, have a lot. There's no elements that you're battling? Uh, no, you're battling the elements of the lanes with the oils, they with, which they change up from uh, bowling lanes to bowling lanes. 
You didn't know that? No, I mean, I had an idea, but you could still know as a bowler, just roll it right down the middle. I'll hit a strike every time. Uh, no, I mean, a professional. you can't bowl a straight ball right down the middle of the lane every time. You'll end up with splits. You know that. Well, I know that, but I'm not a professional bowler. Right. You know, it's one thing, you like a baseball player, you can't say you should hit a home run every time because you're going up against another baseball player. Sure. A bowler just needs to bowl... 12 strikes. Right. I agree on the perfect. surface. 12 strikes, that's it. That's a perfect game. Right. Not that easy. Not that easy. The only thing I can uh, kind of compare it to is golf. Sure. Where you're mentally also battling yourself. Yes. It's you in the golf course, and this is you in the ball in the lane. That's true. What's a per- like? There's no such thing as a perfect score in golf, though, right? Well, par is what you're shooting for. So when you start making birdies, I mean, I guess in theory... If you've got here would be the perfect golf score, which will never ever be done. Four hole in ones, right? Then you would have on the on the eight par fours, you would have eight eagles, eight twos, because you no one can reach the green in one, right? So, so you can't have eighteen holes in ones. No, no, no chance. And then you could have for the par for the four par fives, you could have four threes, four eagles. So four threes would be twelve, right? Eight twos would be 16. That's 28. Four hole-in-ones. A 32 would be a perfect golf score. Has anyone scored a 32? No, nor will anybody. Guys shooting the 50s, and that's a big story. What about Tiger Woods? No. Tiger his Woods prime. just back surgery. No, in his prime. No. Are you out of your mind? You realize how rare what I'm talking about would be? Not 18 times, but just once in a round to have a hole-in-one or an eagle have a you know, fly-in. Uh, your second shot from the fairway or your third shot from the fairway in a par five? You ever see these uh, par three courses? Yes, of course. What about scoring an 18 on one of those? Yeah, never been done. All right, Jerry, I have uh, two stories from China. Quite frankly, both of them seem made up. I'm going to give you the choice of which one you want first. Nice. One involves an eel. Okay. And one involves grass. Like weed or like grass grass? Nope, grass All right, grass. let's talk about the grass because oh, i got to right. go cut my grass this week. Perfect. I'm too cheap to get a landscaper. Uh, this is comes to us from Yiwu, China. It's spelled uh, Y-I-W-U. Y-U, China, I believe it is. Sure, let's go with that. A, uh, you have no idea. A man was pulled over for drunk driving. Okay. And I guess uh, they wanted him to take a breathalyzer test, and I guess he knew he was going to fail, so he thought... In panic mode, what can I do to try to throw off the test? To which they grass. That's correct. Come on. They saw him frantically run far away so that he could get enough time to start shoving grass down his throat (laughs) and dirt in the thought that that would somehow, I don't know if he thought it would absorb the alcohol or the smell of grass and dirt might throw off the breathalyzer test, but that's what he did. He um, ran 100 meters away from the checkpoint. The man was driving a black Mercedes, and he just started eating grass, yelling, I wasn't drinking, I wasn't driving. But he got out of the car that he was driving. Yeah, I believe he did both. Right. Of those things. How did that end up? Does the story say that you that far? The cop The cops told him to stop eating, but he didn't listen. He kept pulling up clumps of grass and stuffing them in his mouth, police, um, in his mouth, police told reporters. 
Some of it he probably ate. Some of it he spit out. He did it 20 or 30 times. Oh, God. Gross. Yeah. There was a patch of uh, grass missing from the field where he was. <laughs> he had eaten it. Uh, he was over the legal limit, and he was taken into custody, Jerry. Of course he was. I'm glad That's you uh, told me the the grass story from China first, and we would close it out with the eel story, because this one's much more interesting. Okay. A factory worker from southeast China. Right. Uh, ended up in a, was rushed to a hospital. He's 49 years old. Mr. Liu is his name. Uh, doctors were shocked when they found an eel in his stomach. Like an eel? An eel. An actual long eel they found in his stomach, along with also in his stomach, feces and food residue. Well, the guy at first claimed he had no idea how the eel had gotten into his stomach. But he later revealed to doctors that uh, he had a very bad case of constipation and um, went with an old ancient remedy, an old wives' tale, which is to put an eel in your butt and hope that the eel will eat through the blockage. Come on, stop. This can't be real. Oh, it's real, no, Jerry. No, it can't be real. If it wasn't real, would I have pictures of this eel that they pulled that, out of his I'm butt? I'm sorry. You can show me any picture you want. That's There's, an eel, that, Jerry. That'd be true. So but, he let an eel run up his ass? Well, he put it there so, in uh, hopes I'm that a, it would eat serious question. through the blockage. Yes. Serious question. Yes. I'm a, take. By the way, I'm taking only serious questions from here on out. So if you have joke questions for me, Jerry... I'm only like taking, this story. I'm only taking serious questions. Does he Please. lube up his ass? Does not say in to the let article. the eel penetrate. I mean, what are we doing? It did not say. What are we talking about here? We asked uh, Mr. Lou when we spotted the. You mean eel you? On, not me. It was you just Mr. Lou. Oh, these are doctors quoting. Well, why don't you say that? Oh, okay, quoting doctors. We asked Mr. Lou when he spotted the eel in his stomach. He said the eel went into his anus by mistake. But after the surgery, he told us that he actually put an eel inside his anus himself. I mean, what are we supposed to do with this? I don't believe it, to be honest with you. I really don't. He, he explained to the doctor that he used the eel to treat his symptoms instead of staying in the hospital like doctors had asked. How about this? Fiber, you jackass. That's a better idea. I mean, come on. Metamucil. Give me a break. You would not try Let's this. Let's see. Thing. A bottle of Metamucil or stick an eel up my ass. Listen, there are some cultures where they go with the old wives' tales. We don't do that here in America. But is that, does this make it wrong because we don't do it? Let me think. Yeah. Oh, it does. Yes, in this case, it probably does. How'd it work out? Uh, well, he's okay now. He's recovered. No, no. But how did it work out? Did the eel eat the feces? It did. The eel uh, sadly passed away. Of course it did. What when, was he expecting? Was the eel going to come out his mouth? It was going to penetrate all the way through? Oh, you're done. <laughs> Yeah, really. Why not Metamucil? Great point, Jerry. I mean, come on. I, I'm sorry. I don't believe that story. Well, I, I didn't don't. believe it until I saw the photographs. By the way, people were very into the Jessica Mendoza jacket on yes. Twitter. So that came up on the show. Uh, she does Sunday Night Baseball for ESPN. That was not Dana Torres? They went. That's what Craig thought. <laughs> they went to her in the booth. Uh, she was wearing some sort of coat. That it looked, looked like something it, straight out of a Seinfeld episode. I, but it looked like she had large shoulder pads. I don't know but what, what the it, hell it looked What like. it turns out, I actually got a call off the air when we were already long past it. 
but if knowing having this knowledge and going back and looking at the photograph, the jacket she was wearing was black, as was the large chair she was sitting in. The same color black where the chair, the rounding of the chair made it look like it was part of her jacket. So that's a jacket with chairs, with a well, chair. Whatever. I mean, personally, I don't care. It didn't yes. matter to me. But I thought it was funny how people were very into that. Yes. I'm not into fashion myself. Do you like uh, when the Mets are a Sunday night No, I hate game? it. I despise it. Yeah. I don't like it because I, it, to me, you know, we get up at the crack of dawn. Well, not, right. not even dawn, for Christ's sake. You get up at 2.15. I get up at 2.30. And it's the one night where we come in where I don't want to have to worry about staying up or catching up when we get in and trying to figure it out. Like this morning, usually I go back and I watch the game when I get here. This morning I didn't because I actually went through the game by the the batter by batter before I wasted my time and the Mets did nothing in the game. So long story short, I didn't go back and watch it today and there was no need to. But it's like the one day where everything's over by the time you lay down it. You go to bed at a normal time eight not normal for us eight fifteen. Everything's over aside from if it's White Sox Indians. Who cares? We no don't have cares. to worry about that. Um, so it, I, you know, I hate it. I hate the Sunday night football games. I hate the Sunday night baseball games. Let the out of town teams play those games. So no, to answer your question, I don't like it at all. You didn't like that. No. I Plus didn't. you don't get your normal med announcers on the television. Well, that's true too. I mean, that's another issue. I don't, you know, I don't get hung up on that stuff. I really don't. To me, I'm watching the game. There are people and we take calls, maybe not so much Boomer and Craig, but like Joe and Evan will take calls. And a lot of them about fans that just, I mean, they can't watch a game because the announcers bother them so much. Turn down the volume a little bit. Like, why are you listening to them anyway? You know what they're doing. They're swooping in. They watch. I'm sure they were there Friday and Saturday to watch the games so they could do the Sunday game. But they're not Met or national announcers. They are what they are. Just watch the game. Right? I mean, am I wrong about that? I'm with you, Jerry. I don't know why people care so much. I have another thing, too. All right. Because I listen to, and is it? I only take serious questions. Oh, well, here's no, that a was, serious question. That was just for the I, um, eel story. I was no. Well, this is a very serious broadcasting question about one of our broadcasting. All teams. right. So I listened to a lot of John and Susan the other day, and I mean this in all sincerity. What is wrong with them as a broadcast? There is nothing wrong with them. You know, people complain about. I understand John might have some vision problems. All right, fine, that happens. You know, you can pick a lot of broadcasters that have issues with their broadcasts. He gives you the. He always gives you the score. He gives you the count. You know, him and Susan have a good rapport. Baseball is about storytelling in a lot of cases to get through all the boring periods and dead times in it. I honestly don't know why they get ripped as much as they do. I mean, the mistakes are fun. Fine. All right. We have fun with that. Susan's voice. Craig has fun with that. But in terms of an actual broadcast, in and around the 9,000 commercial reads they have to do, there's not, they're fine. Am I raw? Am I on an island like that? No, I, I'm. I I don't mind the John and Susan. I don't either. I think John's voice is great. They got great stories. No one knows the Yankees more than Susan. Like I, I don't. Know, I think they take shy. People take shots at them. I think it's fair. I really don't. So Yankee fans, you can tweet me and yell at me. Go ahead. All right. Well, I think maybe that's what fans miss when they say, "Oh, uh, the, the Mets announcers we missed because we missed the Ron and Keith storytelling when the games are boring." That's fine, but when it comes right down to it, just watch the game. Right. I mean, who cares? Just watch the game. It shouldn't be that big of a deal. And both teams off tonight, Jerry. Both Mets and Yankees off tonight. Yeah, I know. It'll be a lot of basketball tomorrow morning.
Yes, and I have two guests tomorrow. It's a lot of guests this week, which I what normally don't doing? have. Who's coming in tomorrow? Uh, Deshaun Watson. Oh, that's cool. Well, uh, I, th- I want the Jets to take. Who will be a quarterback coming out in the draft. And, I think he'd uh, be exciting here. Former Laker Byron Scott will be in uh, 9 o'clock. Very nice. Well, that's kind of cool. Bob Dwyer wants us to ask about the, quote, sex stories during go the magic it. era. I really got to go. Oh. The warm-up is next, where I told the story of how I touched Bruce Springsteen this weekend. Oh, enough. God almighty. That's right. See you. It's the Boomer and Carton warm-up show with Alan Jerry. It's just like Boomer and Carton without Boomer or Carton. Good luck with that. All right, good morning, Al. Monday morning, this portion of the show brought to you by Taco Bell. How are you, sir? Oh, hi, Jerry. Uh, this weekend, I got to touch Bruce Springsteen, so a good weekend for me. I saw you put that on Twitter. That's right. What does that mean? Does that mean you just brushed next to him you? and your shoulders touched? No. Does that mean you said, oh, my God, Bruce, and you just rubbed uh, him down? I'm going to say mean? somewhere in between those two uh, extremes that you, you just gave. You rubbed down Bruce Springsteen. I did not, no. But I was at a, uh, it was the Asbury Park Film Festival this weekend. Boy, and, you have become quite the Jersey Shore guy on the and, weekends. And little Steven was doing a concert, and uh, Bruce Springsteen was there, and he was watching from right by in the crowd but standing off. And so I, of course, went down near him to be near him, Jerry. Did you, did you go like this? No, but because I was warned by people, don't talk to him. If, if too many people talk to him, he'll leave. And if that happens? Well, we everyone wanted him to go up and play, which he oh, eventually did. Got it. So when he walked by, I tapped his shoulder just to say, I touched Bruce Springsteen. And then everyone hit me with all his political. I don't care about politics and rock. I don't. I like Bruce just Springsteen. Go up and play your music. I just That's wanted it. to touch his shoulder, Jerry. Is there anything wrong with that? There is nothing wrong I with say that. No. Although you sound like a twelve-year-old right well, now. Well, how old are you? I tapped him on the show. I'm forty-seven. Right. As he went by, I went like this. Hey, Bruce. Tap on the shoulder. Did so, you get a nod? Good. No, he paid no <laughs> attention to me. He didn't care. He didn't care who Al Dukes was. A much smaller. You're kidding me. A much smaller, slight man than you would think, Jerry. Okay. I. I. I've, you didn't think about it. I mean, I pumped place. gas for Bruce Springsteen once. He gave All me right. a nice tip once. And sadly, I had no idea who he was. Right. Well, that's what I think he prefers. Yes, and it was all good, and I didn't say anything to him. He didn't say anything to me, and he gave me five dollars. So, who did you touch this weekend? Would you say? Anyone famous or no, just me? Nobody famous. Just was... you multiple times, and Boomer gave me a high five on Friday night at the Mikey Strong hockey game uh, and took picture of Patrick Elias and Ken Danico. So there you go. All right. That's my weekend. And Eddie touched scientists at the uh, March for Science in Washington. Touch me. So Touch me. Clearly. Everyone had a nice physically no, touching no, weekend. Not everybody had a nice physically. Touching me because, in the wrong place. You know, well, you know what the, the Mets didn't fine. touch all weekend were bases. Oh, bases. Mets Al, did they not do suck. well. Yeah, I saw the... Uh, Interesting every game. So Friday night, they walk in a run. Oh, Jerry's Familia was terrible. Then Saturday night, they get two hit. They're boring. Then Sunday night, Daniel Murphy hits a grand slam in the first inning. Kills him every time. And it's brutal. And it starts with Wheeler hitting Adam Eaton, which, by the way, was a garbage hit by pitch. But even so, he hits Adam Eaton. And then, what's his name? Trey Turner is so fast. He gets on base. Harper, who... You can't get him out. I mean, even the other day, I was surprised. Um, what's his name? DeGrom didn't even look like he wanted any part of him. On I guess that was Saturday. And then last night, I mean, again, with the Murphy Grand Slam, you knew it was coming, too. Like, you knew it. You get, After they get Zimmerman, here comes Murph with the bases loaded. My thought was Gapper, clear the bases, and then he hits the home run. Yeah. I mean, come on. They're just, 
They're injured and they're boring. It's a bad combination right and, now. And why are the Mets only playing teams in the NL East? Where the schedule is shaped up. They, the NL East for almost the entire month of April because now they have the Braves uh, starting tomorrow. And the the Nationals already have like a five and a half game lead. Best record now. in baseball I right mean, now. The, do you realize? Jerry, can they catch them? Do you, I'm going to say this. I don't think so. Really? I don't think so. As and we I'll sit tell you, here in April. I will tell you why. When you look at the Nationals lineup, Al, there's not an easy out in the lineup. Now, barring injuries, I mean, if Bryce Harper gets hurt, then yeah, I mean, things can change. If Daniel Murphy, who has been in and out of the order because he had a hamstring, I think it was a hamstring for a couple of weeks, maybe. Trey Turner just came back. If the Nationals stay intact as they are right now, and with Gio Gonzalez and Max Scherzer and all these arms they've got, I know the bullpen's not great. Their lineup is so good it's concerning. I heard Terry Collins say the Mets could rip off nine wins in a row. How so, about they try with one? Or one win in a row. <laughs> Let's try with one. A solid because start. Because even last night, you know, they get the home run uh, early on, or they get the two home runs, and that's it. The last five innings, I think there was one base hit by maybe Conforto, and then he was erased on a double play in that end of the inning. They're one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. They're boring to watch. They're not fun. And the pitching's okay, but... You can't score runs and you're going games. Oh, it's awful. It's just awful. And then uh, you know how I love when baseball players or any athletes, uh, I just want them to stay in a home bubble. Yes. In a, yeah. in a bubble. Don't have when fun. They, yeah, when they go out and have fun, they get injured. Well, no, no, no. Madison, Not all of them. Madison Bumgarner. Yes. When they were uh, playing the Rockies, I believe, he was uh, dirt biking in Denver. Right. And he fell off his dirt bike and hurt his ribs and his shoulder. And he's going to be out quite a while, it looks like. Yeah. So he's doing like what I would do as a kid, BMX biking in the woods. He's doing what he has done for years, years. It it happened. Dirt what biking. are you going to do? The funny part of this story is, <laughs> and you can't make this up, I guess over the weekend there's a car commercial that is still running the spot during the games that leads off something along the lines of, you know, Wonder what Madison Bumgarner does in his days off. Yeah. And there's pictures of dirt bikes flying really? over the place. So that's what he does, dirt biking. <laughs> and the fans are just ticked off in San Francisco, which understandably so. It would be like, it would be like after Ioannis Cespedes misses a game because of the quad injury, right? And people are ticked off about the golf and he's out for two months with a quad injury. It would be like, you know, Titleist running a commercial. Wonder what Ioannis is doing on his day off. And you got the. You're the man. <laughs> well, well, we had that here in New York. Uh, one of Eli Manning's bad seasons, yeah. he was running a watch commercial about his precision timing. <laughs> <laughs> and he was screwing up the timing yeah. in Dallas. Terrible. <laughs> hey, listen, these things happen. I want to ask you a question because you are a Little League baseball star. Uh, yesterday in one of our games with my 12-year-old son, we mm-hmm. gave up back-to-back-to-back home runs. Bomb shots. So whatever, that happens. Adam Rosales plays for the A's. And he hit a home run this weekend. He set the record for the fastest sprint around the bases oh, like after that. a home run at 15.9 seconds. He broke his own record, which was 15.9. It's a dead sprint around the bases. My question to you would be, since you were such a big-time Little League star, when you went around the bases when you had home runs, did you go by in 15 seconds or less? I did have a year where I did not get a hit. 
but <laughs> at all, at all. Oh, that's, but that's embarrassing. When I do watch uh, major leaguers hit a home run and trot around, I'm somewhat. I'd be offended by that if I was a pitcher sprinting like that or no, the slow trot. The slow trot. But shouldn't you soak in the moment and enjoy it? But in some ways, the sprinting is kind of showing me up as well. <laughs> so you don't like that either. Somewhere in between, <laughs> we need a happy medium yes. of a gallop. Right, where you're not going around slow, right. but going around fast. Again, you're just wanting people to look at and comment on you speeding around the bases. Well, he has made a name for himself as he's the fast home run trotter. I mean, mm. it's a dead sprint down. <laughs> he just head down. <laughs> he goes right around I those do bases. Like, I think I do like that. Of course you like that. It's good stuff. We got some stuff coming up uh, later on with Manny Machado in Boston. That was pretty wild this weekend as well. And when we come back, Al found a great a uh, football story from the weekend that involves my Dallas Cowboys. This portion of the show is brought to you by Taco Bell. Taco Bell breakfast crunch wraps are loaded with eggs, bacon, melty cheddar cheese, and a full hash brown. So if you've had a morning before your morning, let Taco Bell make you breakfast. The Cowboy story next, and Boomer and Carton on the fan. It's the Boomer and Carton warm-up show with Alan Jerry. It's the shortest show on WFAN. Right, a couple more minutes to go before we get to Boomer and Carton. This portion of the show brought to you by Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant. Uh, the Nationals did beat the Mets on Sunday night baseball 6-3. to Who else? Daniel Murphy, the first inning grand slam. Pirates beat the Yankees 2-1 last night. Uh, also of note, the Cavaliers, Rockets, Celtics, and Jazz all won in the NBA playoffs. And the Senators beat the Bruins and the Capitals beat the Maple Leafs. And you know the Rangers, of course, advanced over the weekend, so that's cool as well. But you have a good story about Anthony Brown of the Cowboys. Go. Cowboys cornerback. Uh, he says he uh, plays with a chip on his shoulder, Jerry. Now, yes. We've heard that from a lot of athletes sure. over time. So because of that, he got a, a potato chip tattooed on his shoulder. I saw that. I like that. You like that? I do like that because he also put the number 189 on. Yeah, what did that mean? Well, that's where, that was the position he was drafted. Anthony Brown became a really good player last year. I didn't know who he was in the preseason. He worked because of injuries. He worked his way, got himself into the rotation, and then ultimately became a starting cornerback and a really good one. So 189 was the sixth-round pick. He was the 189th overall pick in the draft. So that is the genesis of the tattoo. What I like was his post because I guess people and fans were really into it. He wrote, the Internet has no chill. No chill. No chill. I don't know what that means. He did get like a ruffled chip, though. It's a ruffled chip. Not a regular chip. He's got a ruffled chip on his show. I was figuring you could get a tattoo that would say something like, single and staying woke for 47 years. Hmm. I had heard you have a, a Dorito on your ankle. On my ass. On your ass. Yes. Who doesn't? All right. You don't? No. Oh, sorry about and that. And then did you see, uh, you know, Mr. Dean Blandino stepped it down? Yeah, well, we did that last week. Yeah. Last week. Yeah. So the NFL posted his job online so people could. I guess they have to do that. Apply for it. We're not qualified. You know they're just filled with unqualified people who are like, I watch all the games. I always get the calls right. Anytime they go sure. to review, I always get it. Imagine how being the person who has to weed through all of those. Officiating phenom. Maybe we can have a contest. They, and they were very de- it's a very detailed job posting yeah. of everything that it's required. Which is where it. I said, we are not qualified. Well, maybe. Not, no. Have you read the qualifications? I did. It was like, able to handle pressure. Able helpful. to review video. I could do these things. Really? You could amend the NFL rule book and the college rules. Amend them, like change them? Yes. No, gotta, that I couldn't okay, do. Okay, well, that was number 12, I think, on the oh. list. 
And that was one of the few easy ones, I would say. This portion of the show brought to you by Doveman Plus Care Antiperspirant. Pretty hot outside today, right? So if you want to stay fresh, grab yourself some new Doveman Plus Care Antiperspirant. 91% of guys who use it do recommend it. Yeah, I like sweaty balls. Okay, thank you. And uh, very nice. Ian Rappaport says that Aaron Hernandez one time said to him in the locker room that he was going to be his guy to give him inside info to Ian Rappaport. Okay, that sounds good. Which Ian Rappaport was happy to have an inside guy. Wonderful. But then he said to him, if you um, screw me over, I will kill you. Huh. And he said it was not said in jest or with a smile. Uh, that seems unfortunate. At that this does. Point. I would never go to that. I would never go to that guy for for information because he will Aaron kill Hernandez? you. Aaron yes. Hernandez. Yes, I would say stay away from Aaron Hernandez. Stay away from. That's your. Well, that would have been. What? Your advice. This hour. Before we get started, I just want to say on behalf of every single Met fan out there, this is the Rico Bronya podcast. On behalf of all of the people that were at Chase Stadium on that October night. On behalf of every Met fan that's watched this man pitch, let me just tell Adam Wainwright, can you go f*** yourself? <laughs> wow. Wow, you weren't kidding. You were. You came in hot. Subscribe and listen to the Rico Bronya podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast.